Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello. I'm actually really excited about recording this episode because the last four weeks have been interview episodes and they've been great and interesting for me but different and I don't know what you think would love to know what you think about the interviews that I've done so far and whether you would be interested in hearing more I've got another couple of people that I've lined up and will hopefully be having a chat with in the future but would love your feedback message me what do you think about the interviews And this episode is actually a bit of a reflection on those interviews because I think it's important to not just listen and let things wash over us, but to really extract what are the learnings from the stories that we heard. And you may or may not have actually listened to those episodes. And if not, no problem. You'll probably get a bit of a snapshot overview of them in this episode, but you can always go back and listen to them, particularly if there's something that um, jumps out at you that you want to hear more about. But what I wanted to do today is to just extract and share some of my observations and learnings from each of the interviews that I've done so far. And to, I guess, put them out there as little summary takeaways that hopefully you might be able to consider what's of benefit to you. And also, it must be said, I really appreciate Belinda, Peter, Steve and Maz for giving up their time to talk with me, to do the interview and to share as openly and honestly as they did about what they went through with creating the significant change in their professional life that they have made so far and for some of them are continuing to make. And so I just really want to do a big shout out, thank you, sending lots of love to uh, each of them. So let's have a look at what were some of the takeouts that I got from this interview series that I've done so far. So firstly, from Belinda's interview, so she, just as a quick recap, she used to be a vet. She decided when she was really young that she was going to be a vet and she just, you know, went after that and then got to a point where for various reasons it was time for her to make a change in her career and she has developed her own line, her own range of nutritional supplements, particularly for triathletes, but also for people who want to, I guess, just enhance their health and well-being. And so for me, it's kind of like, how do you go from being a vet to, to doing that? And some of the takeouts from that interview that I noted for myself was that she very much, when she was at that crossroads, didn't just want to run away from what she had been doing. She looked at combining something that she was passionate about, which was her own health and uh, doing triathlons, as well as the experience and training and qualifications that she already had. And that was from the science side of things. And that allowed her to use the science to develop the range of natural supplements that 
um, she ended up de developing. And so that's an example of, you know, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if that makes sense. Another thing that she shared, which really stood out to me was her approach of managing the overwhelm of the massive list of things that has to be done when you work for yourself. And especially when you're creating a new product or a business that hasn't existed before, there is a lot that has to be done. And her approach that she said really worked for her was each day just constantly asking herself, what is the one thing, the one chunk, the one task, the one little project that I need to achieve today, whether that is refining labels or researching packaging or whatever it was. And she just sort of set that as the one thing for her to make progress on or complete that day. And that just allowed her to create momentum and that when she completed each one thing, the next thing kind of just presented itself. And I think that's a really great strategy to keep in mind, especially when you're trying to create some kind of change and you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed by either too much choice or uh, an overwhelming long list of things to do. Another thing that I noticed through the interview with Belinda was how open to change she was and still is that she's done extremely well for herself in her business so far and the growth that she's had in the last five years. And she's also not attached to this as being what she'll do forever, that she knows that she's already reinvented herself significantly once. And therefore, if she hits another time in her life where she wants to make a change, then she's still open to that. And I think that's really great. The other thing that I want to just call out about the interview with Belinda was her willingness to back herself. You know, she had people in her life that were challenges and maybe not as supportive who saw this walking away from her solid, reliable job as a vet to go and create her own thing as madness. And so she really had to back herself that she was going to give it a crack regardless of the fact that other people didn't really get it or didn't really understand. And I think that is a characteristic that I really admire in Belinda. And I think that is a characteristic that would serve you well if you are considering embarking on some kind of new project or new direction. So they're my takeouts that sort of really stood out to me from the interview with Belinda. Obviously, there's lots of other little gems as well, but just when I was reflecting back, they were the things that popped up for me. So I wanted to share those with you. Not sure. What about for you? Which one of those, you know, jumps out the most for you? Or was there something else if you listened to that episode? Now, the second interview in the series was with the beautiful Peter, who is the creator of The Swag, recently appeared on the television show The Shark Tank and got investment. So is continuing to grow in leaps and bounds and I really can't wait to see how she continues to take that business even broader through Australia and hopefully globally too. Now the takeouts from the chat with Pete were really interesting. There was probably some things that were similar from the chat with Belinda, but one of the things that I really noticed and admired with, with Peter was her willingness to experiment. She was doing a job that she was not really that satisfied with anymore. It had served its time and provided the comfort zone and all those kinds of things, but she knew she wanted to do something different, but she just didn't know exactly what. And she was prepared 
to experiment until she figured out what it was. So she tried quite a few different things to try and see what it was that felt right to her. And I think that sometimes, and I'm sure that I have been guilty of this myself, and I see this and hear this a lot with clients that I talk to, that sometimes we get so fixated on wanting to get something right that we don't take any action. Or we have this fixation that until I know this is the absolute right choice, I'm not going to do anything. And so what Peter and her story highlighted was a willingness to give some things a go and to see how she felt, see what was feeling good, see what was getting results, what wasn't. So that was one thing, her willingness to experiment. The other thing about Peter that has to be said and called out is about the alignment with a bigger picture purpose and the fact that a big driver for her in what she is doing and what the product is about is not just about helping the planet not suffocate in single-use plastic, but also to contribute a certain financial amount to assist people that are caught up in the awful situation of human trafficking. And my mind was completely blown about the size of that as an, as an issue in Australia, even in 2018. And I think that it reminded me about how sometimes we can be so sheltered in what we think about what we're exposed to. And I'm really glad that people like Peter are out there who are sharing this message and supporting great causes like Destiny Rescue to help make a difference in those people's, those families' lives. The other thing about Peter's interview was about being willing to not have to be groundbreaking necessarily, or maybe that's not quite right. But I remember when I talked to Mick about the swag and I was describing to him, I said, it's like this cloth bag that you you know, you wet a little bit and keep it damp and you put your fruit and veggies in there and they, and they keep fresh for a, a really long time. And he sort of looked at me because he's a chef by trade, his background, and he sort of laughed and he said, so she's invented a tea towel. And I remember laughing because I guess in some respects that's sort of what it is. And in fact, when I spoke with Peter in the interview, she said that that was the inspiration behind what she has ended up developing what she's created is so much more than just a wet tea towel and that's apparent through the results that I have seen with using the swag. If you have not got them and, and you like having fresh produce in your house and you like it to last longer than it currently does, I cannot encourage you enough to go and buy some of these things. They are amazing. Anyway, she was prepared to be inspired by, I guess, an old solution and to modernize it and to bring a new approach to the theory of the wet tea towel and to take it to the next level using technology that's available now that still solves a problem that exists. In fact, actually, that's another one that is an overlap between Belinda and Peter is having a commitment to see a problem that exists in the market or in an industry and to be willing to create something to solve that problem. So for Belinda, she was a triathlete and she was needing to hydrate and build up her nutrition. And the products that were available at that time were all full of 
crap and you know ingredients that weren't necessarily natural that didn't need to be there and so Belinda created a natural product to solve the problem of the absence of that and with Peter she could see a problem of people continuing to use more and more plastic and plastic basically suffocating the fruit and vegetables meaning it was going rotten or going off quicker and so contributing to our massive issue of food wastage and so she saw this as a problem and then went about researching and trying to find people and the science to use to come up and literally invent a product that didn't exist before that helped solve that problem. The other thing that jumped out at me from the talk with Peter was about her acknowledging ideas that kept hanging around and recurring or just wouldn't go away because I I think of myself as an ideas person I, I do I'm often coming up with ideas and lovely Mick is often the person who hears very frequently from me oh I've got an idea and now he just looks at me and rolls his eyes and has a little laugh and he's like of course you have because I often am creating ideas and the thing with that can be that it's easy to get caught up and distracted with the shiny object syndrome and so I think what stood out to me about Peter was that yes she was experimenting and trying different potential business ideas and so she was taking that experimental approach but she also was very aware of this one particular idea that just wouldn't go away that kept popping up for her and that even though she was spending more time on other things this idea just she couldn't shake it and I think that if you are someone who is entrepreneurial in any kind of way even whether you're uh, what do they call it an intrapreneur and you're employed within an organization you can still be entrepreneurial in your way of thinking and so what I think this points out is to be noticing what are the ideas that are like a flash in the pan and you're convinced that that is like genius and it's going to be the thing that's suddenly going to catapult you to the stratosphere of success or whatever it is that you're aiming for but to notice the quiet ideas that just keep popping up and in fact for me I've just had a weekend away with my mastermind group which has been fantastic this year and the weekend was really great on lots of levels and maybe I'll talk more about that another time but for me after that I've had an idea that I thought of a long time ago that I thought was a great idea and I fleshed it out to a certain degree but then I, I moved on and I parked and I was focusing on other things but it has bubbled up again and so for me maybe because of the interview I did with Peter maybe because of the mastermind maybe because of a combination of all those things I'm aware now that this is an idea that I want to keep exploring because it's still hanging around in my mind even though it was probably a year ago that I first thought of it and so they're sometimes the ideas that you want to pay attention to and maybe give a little bit more uh, time and focus to. The, the last thing about Peter is her decision to commit. So she allowed herself to experiment for a certain amount of time with different business opportunities, but she rapidly started to realize that when she had a really maybe a scattered approach where she a split focus of different things that she was working on, 
that the swag wasn't getting enough time, effort or energy from her and that if she really, really wanted to make something of this, that she would need to commit. And so she made a decision one night, one decision, absolutely committed. From then on, she just immersed into that one focus and was prepared to let the other things go. Now, this is something for me that I still struggle with because I love variety and I have a number of different, I guess, focus areas that I have in my work and I enjoy the fact that there's a variety and I still sometimes question whether or not if I doubled down, if I just committed to one, what might I be able to achieve? So for now, I'm making the decision that I'm making, but I think maybe that's why Peter's commitment really stood out to me as being a really great solid one that she just was prepared to fully focus her energy on the development of the swag, which is what it needed to, I guess, to come into being. So they're my thoughts from chatting with Peter. And then we had the chat with lovely Steve from my far away radio days. And with Steve, one of the things that was a common theme through that interview, if you did listen to it, you would have noticed it, was about his takeout on the impact and the importance of connections. He mentioned at several critical points throughout his various career changes, including his break into the media industry and his changes along the way, largely came as a result of connections with people that he knew or he'd worked with in the past who knew him and the quality of work that he was capable of. And so I think that's a really important one and one that can often be overlooked. And it is a really valuable asset for you to be thinking about who is in your network. And if you're considering some sort of change, then you know tapping into the network that you do have can open up some doors that previously you may not have been able to get access to on your own. So the power of connections was really something that stood out for from the chat with Steve. The other thing was around building teams. And I remember when I was part of his team for a relatively short time in the scheme of things, but I remember him as a really great leader and someone who did a really fantastic job of pulling together the right kind of people and rallying them around a single purpose and really getting the best out of that team. And so I think that's something that stood out, that no matter what you're going to do, whether you're staying in the same industry that you're already in, if you're staying as an employee or if you're setting out to start your own thing, your ability to managing and leading a team is still relevant because whether you're going to have people reporting directly to you as an employee or in a manager kind of situation or if you are working with providers and hiring people to support you you still need to tap into that leadership ability to communicate a clear vision and to inspire and bring out the best in whoever is working with and for you. The other thing with Steve's interview was about the importance of his own personal and professional integrity and that as a through line for him about what he decided to do and not to do when he was ready to make a, a, a leap, I guess, from his last TV gig. He also tapped into his own self-integrity and made the decision about even though he was ready to go at a certain point, he wanted to see things through to a standard 
that he would be proud of and so he stayed longer to see that out and also made decisions based on not wanting to be associated with a role an industry of whatever that was no longer aligned to his highest values and so i think that is a real credit to him because a lot of people would just put up with a, a shitty situation because there's great money to be made but that his example is one of someone who's prepared to make decisions based on his own level of integrity and his his highest values which i think is great and the last little takeout from the chat with steve that stood out for me was around the importance of finding meaning in work and that what he's doing now so for him he went from a really successful career in various different roles in the media industry and now is a marriage celebrant and loving it and loving the significance of what he gets to do in the lives of the couples that he gets to marry and i think i got a real sense of genuine care and passion from steve about what he does for work now and i think that's a really great thing and if you've listened to the podcast you'd know that that's something that i do really care about which is about people doing work that is meaningful to them not just going through the motions and i think steve is at a point now where he's enjoyed a lot of what he's done in the past and i got a sense that what he's doing now feels really really meaningful which is awesome and the fourth and last interview that has been released so far was with the amazing Maz Compton, who I met and worked with in radio so many years ago. And I remember her being this just bubble of energy, which she still is very much now. Her story is an interesting one because the other three all made their major career changes through their own volition. And Maz did that a couple of times herself as well, but she also had change thrust upon her. So sometimes we can think, oh, you know, I'm not really enjoying what I'm doing, but I'll do it until I think of something better to do. But what can sometimes happen is that the choice gets taken away from you. And Maz is one of those people that that happened to with her essentially I don't know whether you'd say she got fired or she just lost her job, the contract wasn't being renewed, whatever you want to call it, it was no longer her choice to stay on. And so I think, you know, it's a reminder for us not to be too complacent potentially. So takeouts from the chat with Maz was about absolutely the power of visioning and journaling. So she, when she was a teenager, decided that she wanted to be one of the hosts of MTV and MTV wasn't even existing in Australia at that time when she was a teenager and yet she was really committed and passionate that was what she was going to do and she was going to make it happen and a number of times I think throughout her very successful career she has done that and I think it was a great reminder about that as a strategy that can sometimes be a bit dismissed as being a bit woo-woo or whatever but there's just so many examples of people who essentially manifested and journaled their way into creating something that seems impossible so I had to highlight that another thing that stood out for me about the chat with Maz was her willingness to put in the work and to start again from you know 
close to the bottom when she was transitioning from one role to another, one industry to another, and her work ethic. And I'm not someone who wants to encourage people to do the hard hustle. I have certainly flogged myself to near death in many of my career roles in the past and that is something that I am still working on trying to find the right balance with but what I do value and therefore I guess that's why it stood out to me in the chat with Maz it was her willingness to actually do the work she wasn't just going to journal about it and then hope that it magically landed on her lap she actually took action and a lot of action and was willing to not get paid the big bucks straight away knowing that the experience and the skills that she was building would help her as she continued down the road. And I think that absolutely is to be admired because not everybody will do that. Not everybody is prepared to take a pay cut. Not everybody is prepared to do things that are uncomfortable, work on the weekend or work at night or whatever it is. But Maz was just like, no, I'm, I want this thing and I'm going to do what it takes to make it happen. So I think there is an element of that that, you know, probably we can all consider how am I showing up to do the work to get me to where I want to go. Also, there was a time where she was on MTV and was overlooked for a role that she really thought that she wanted and would be good at and it was a catalyst for her to start to really question about what was next for her. And again, I wanted to call that out because that's her being a driver of her own career and not just waiting for other people to decide her fate, even though that is often what happens in media. And that's the point where she decided to essentially walk away from a really great gig to go and start something new. And I think it takes real courage to be the kind of person who's prepared to do that. And it also means that you are genuinely in charge of your own life instead of just drifting along or hoping that you can hang on and drag something out for as long as possible before you have to make the tough decisions. So I think there's this benefit in constantly stepping into those shoes of going, I am the CEO of my life and my work and how am I building a strategy and a vision that is of my own design and that's what I think Maz did at that at, at that point in her career change. Two more things about chatting with Maz. One is about managing the unexpected because through the story and if you have listened to the interview you'll, you'll have a sense of it that you know she ended up getting into radio and getting into breakfast radio in a capital city, which is like what a lot of people dream of and never, ever, ever get to. And then getting to be doing breakfast in Sydney and feeling like, you know, I've arrived. This is it. This is the gig I've been working towards all my life. And then suddenly to find out very inelegantly that, no, she wasn't going to have that job for very much longer. They'd already found a replacement and it was a very public reveal I guess of that happening which would have broken so many people but for her I'm sure that she went through a, a, a real chunk of of suffering and she also was able to just roll with it and know that well she didn't have a choice 
she had to make some decisions and at that point we kick into the second thing which was about her continuing development of her own self-awareness and managing her own mindset about what she makes something mean and recognizing the difference between what she does for a job and who she is as a person and so I think that's the the last thing I really want to call out about that interview and chat with Maz from a point of view of it being relevant to anyone who wants to do work that's more meaningful to them and is at a point of crossroads and considering what might be next that you can never invest enough time or too much time in your own self-awareness because the better you know yourself the better you'll be able to make quality decisions that take you in a direction that's right for you so that's my my last takeout from the chat with Maz so there you go I just wanted to quickly run through some of the key takeouts that bounced out in my mind having done those interviews and hopefully that summarizes for some of them for you and maybe gives you a few little nuggets so that you're not just listening to their stories but I guess getting some insights around what is it that they did and how could you potentially choose a couple of those to take on board for yourself if you're at some point of crossroads and change in your professional life so I hope that was useful for you I enjoyed reflecting on them and I always like to be thinking about what am I learning and how can I apply it for myself so there's a couple that I'm taking on board to reflect on and ask myself how could I do more of that and less of the other and hopefully there'll be something in there for you too send me a message I'd love to hear from you what are you enjoying what would you like more of from the podcast what would you like less of and if we haven't already I really look forward to connecting with you somewhere in the future bye thanks for listening to the transit lounge if you liked it please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you and Come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.